Hi, this is Jessica Cook and welcome to my Feel Good Podcast for Women. This show is entirely devoted to helping motivate and inspire you to live a healthy and a happy life. I believe you will be happiest and most fulfilled when you work out, eat well, enjoy a brilliant, healthy routine and live your life with passion. I want you to feel energetic and healthy and that's my goal with this podcast, to keep you motivated and inspired so you can live your best life. You'll also hear interviews from my clients who are some of the most inspirational women I have ever met. At the end of the episode, be sure to head over to inspirefitnesstraining.ie forward slash free tools to instantly download tons of free stuff like recipe books, meal plans, workouts and much more. Now let's get on with the show. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our coffee morning with Trisha McCall. I just want to introduce Trisha first of all. Trisha is a psychotherapist and supervisor working in private practice in Galway since 2006. In 2019, she went into partnership with Mind and Body Works, who operate two psychotherapy and counselling centres in Dublin, and opened a centre in Woodkey with a new centre now being opened on Dominic Street, Galway. They have a team of 15 psychotherapists and psychologists who offer counselling to adults, couples, adolescents and children. They offer a wide range of therapies, including CBT, EMDR and art therapy. They also operate a low-cost counselling service, which is provided by mature trainee therapists in their final degree or master's year, year of training. They are supervised by accredited and experienced therapists to ensure they work ethically, and professionally and this morning um trisha is going to be talking to us about empty nest syndrome um and i'm sure she'll explain it in much better detail but that refers to the grief that many parents feel when their children move out of home and this condition is typically more common in women who are more likely to have had the role of primary carer good morning trisha good morning everybody thank you so much for tuning in thanks a million for uh asking me Yes, and I was delighted with this topic because it's my favourite um, uh, through bitter experience and um, also um, in my work as a psychotherapist, my biggest interest uh, in working with women has been midlife transition. So that is my personal interest. As I say, born out of experience, um, I am the mother of two uh, now adult children and um, my 30-year-old daughter moved out of home 12 years ago um, and that really uh, was a big, big kind of um, movement in my own personal work with women uh, at that time um, around uh, midlife, identity, what to do when your children decide to leave you. So that's, that's what I'm here to talk about. That's deadly. Thanks so much, Tricia. Um, so we'll be kicking off. I just wanted to ask yeah. you, um, like, just start off with what is an empty nester? Um, well, I love the term syndrome, um, like some kind of disease or something. Uh, there's, it's nothing to do with the syndrome. But an empty nester, I guess, if we were to think about the birds uh, kicking their babies out of the nest, um, we don't often get the choice to kick ours out of the nest they usually decide to flee themselves. Um, so an empty nester typically is, um, as you said, the primary caregiver that is left uh, bereft once, once uh, they're, they're kind of uh, focused, like a lot of our main focus in life of our mothers um, when our children move on and leave home and um, 
that the the feelings i guess that that come with that for us as as uh, typically women as the primary caregivers and that's so funny yes of course syndrome yeah <laughs> syndrome. So everything is a syndrome now everything everything is a syndrome we're not allowed to have any normal feelings it has to be it has to be a uh, kind of have something attached to it whereas uh, you know to me it's a perfectly normal um kind of crisis point in people's lives that they're naturally typically going to have a lot of feelings about without it being kind of uh medicalized or defined in some kind of way and what are like characteristics of an empty nester they uh, like primary the the primary feeling would be one of grief like that is the primary feeling that hits people um essentially um grief loneliness and a massive loss of control and i think that that's um something that you find you know people kind of liken it to unemployment in a way you know you, you've you've built your life around something you've built your identity around a way of viewing yourself and being viewed by others and essentially then um you know when you don't have that role anymore uh, and particularly that feeling of loss of control which of course leads to a lot of worry anxiety um you know once you don't have the control anymore you're left with with massive feelings of, of worry anxiety you, you cannot manage what is going on um in terms of your child's life you know a child a baby that you've nurtured the whole way through every facet and, and part of their lives that you've been involved in um and uh you know even more so nowadays with smaller families and more education around parenting um you know it's not like you know when we were kind of your parents would be like when are you going when are you, when are you off like typically now we are um we you know we're massively involved in our children's lives so it's really hard to give up that control to think of them going off to college to wonder if they're getting out of bed if they're eating who they're going out with who their friend group is um, are they safe all of those things are associated so um you know it's a, it's a huge huge change in people's lives women's lives particularly that sounds so so tough and do you is it do you think when people are knowing their children are leaving um is it like a build-up of feeling before they go <laughs> or so, is it just is it a, a yeah so uh, um i guess my interest in this um kind of came from my own experience of my daughter going um feeling really excited for her feeling really happy planning all the college things she was moving to dublin to go to college um planning everything all that excitement and then the absolute shock when she went and um i remember one time <clears throat> she rang me and there'd been some argument with a flatmate and i got in my car and i drove to Dublin and um, rang my husband on the way saying oh you know it's terrible something to, you know terrible has happened in her fact like you know that and I arrived at the door and she was just like what are you doing here <laughs> kind of, what like you know she just wanted to rant on the phone and I just wanted to purpose back in my life and oh. um, it, it really struck me uh, that grief that I did not anticipate 
and had not prepared for. So I think it's a really important thing that we just start maybe a bit earlier to start reflecting on actually uh, what's my role at the moment and what is my role going to be and how can I start looking at, at my mothering role in a different, in a different way. Um, that I have kind of created this individual, but they are autonomous and they are their own person. And how can I allow them to separate from me successfully? Because that is the most uh, successful parenting thing that we can do is to allow our children to separate from us and be their own uh, individual. Yeah. So what, what are the <clears throat> biggest challenges do you think women fa face going into empty nest and how, like you just mentioned there, can they start to sort it out, like to, to, to work on it? Yeah, I think the biggest challenges are um, loss of identity as we, as we knew ourselves, um, as, as, as the type of mother that we identified as, even if we've never reflected on that. But uh, the busyness of our lives between ferrying children everywhere and um, being involved in their friendship circles, being probably an ear for them at home, being the person that they probably lean on in a lot of ways to thrash things out with. So that kind of feeling of being useful and having that very useful kind of role. <clears throat> then being left with, um, I guess, a lot of times, uh, we might not have younger children, we might have younger children, we may have a partner. So now we're left with a partner. Um, and, the, the, you know, we may still have a child at home. But if we don't, I guess it's around then our relationship with our partner, how that has developed, what kind of relationship we may have. Um, you know, there is a term grey divorce in uh, people in their 50s because that's a time, a lot of times, when people are looking at each other going, we don't have anything left to kind of bind us together. We don't have a common interest. We don't have things to talk about. Um, you know, typically a lot of our talk is around our children as they're growing up. And what if we don't have that anymore? Um, and what if I don't have outside interests, outside friendships, outside relationships? So I guess they are the challenges. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't even say, you know, I've always been a working mother. Um, it's no different from a, a mother who works in the home or outside of the home. They're both, um, you know, it affects both in the same way. It's not like, oh, my job is done because my children are gone and I don't have another job. It isn't essentially about having another job. It's about actually having other outside interests outside of the home. Have I cultivated those? Have I... Um, kept my relationships up with other women? Have I kept my relationships up with my family? Have I, have I developed other things in my life that might be helpful to me? And if I haven't, that can be very, very difficult. Jesus, you really don't realize when you're younger, in your 20s and 30s, the respect <laughs> older women need to have, you know, it's... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's, it's um, you know, we choose a life path and it's, it's, it's in us biologically, you know, sometimes to have children. Sometimes we choose not to, sometimes we can't, but like <clears throat> it is remembering that you play such an important role in another person's life. And 
it's not that that role is finished, but it's certainly, certainly changed, certainly changed um, to, to a much more um, adult to adult relationship. I mean, it doesn't mean that my mother is still in my 50s if, if I'm driving to Dublin. Are you sure you want to drive? Are you sure you're going to go on the motorway? I mean, that, that never ends. But there is that part that there's a lot of it that has ended for us. There's a lot of control that is not there anymore. Um, and that's difficult for a human being in any facet of their lives, lack of control, I think. So how do you cope? Um, like I say, I definitely feel that it is, you know, everything in life is about, I feel, giving a little bit of time um, to reflection before these things happen. And it's not to say that this is dread a thing going to happen. Um, but I feel the more you acknowledge the feelings around things, the easier it is to manage. So if you allow that this is a natural, uh, a, a natural thing that is going to lead to natural feelings of grief and loneliness, a lot of times, if, you're, if your teenager has turned into a person that you spend a lot of time with, that you go shopping with, that you do things with, that you're involved maybe with their sports, with their friend group. Um, it is around realizing that that uh, may be coming to an end in that way and kind of preparing yourself for it um, maybe a little bit earlier, allowing freedom and also giving yourself a good pat on the back for doing such a good job that your child feels safe enough and secure enough to venture out into the world and um, feels confident enough to do that. You know, um, a lot of times, you know, children may be afraid of moving from home. So if they feel that they have the confidence and you've set them up with the confidence, it is about saying it is a good job, well done. Um, but what am I going to do to start minding myself and that is about uh, fostering your own relationships and fostering your own interests and then kind of negotiating a different kind of relationship with your child which is more adult to adult and not um i guess that that kind of hovering that we 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 are doing when they're living at home and how do you navigate that <clears throat> do you know like how do you um do you let them set the boundaries like do you just contact them as much as you want? Yeah, I definitely feel that, um, yeah, I, I definitely feel that negotiating boundaries is really, really important. Um, not being intrusive um, is very, very important. Acknowledging what is my need and what is their need. And that's always the biggest part of it. It's like, is it, do they need me? in this way to be check, constantly checking in is that my need or theirs and i think once we once we're able to recognize that a lot of this comes from our own need to control to be in charge to keep texting to keep checking in um, that there can be a negotiation around contact um, you know it's it's i remember having a client years ago and her mother was ringing her every single evening and she had to be at the phone at a particular time every single evening. Um, and it just was completely, and I understood the mother's worry, but just completely intrusive in terms of somebody trying to live their lives um, and move on. And we also have to give them credit for the fact that they can manage without us. 
that that's part of our job is to make sure that they can manage without us. So, uh, yeah, negotiation of boundaries, I think, is very important. Negotiation of, of contact and boundaries, um, whatever way that, that works uh, for, for each individual. But certainly negotiation is important. So what can you do if you're feeling really, really lonely? Somebody's listening to this now and they're just feeling so lonely and desperate. I mean, what, what could they start to do? Like, I think contact with people is very, very important. Like, I think it can be difficult with a partner because they might not be experiencing the same feelings as you are experiencing, um, particularly if you've been the primary caregiver. And although research shows that men actually do suffer more than women, so it may be that that's uh, that they internalize and they don't feel, they don't understand that they're going to, to kind of have the same, it's going to have the same emotional impact on them. But I think uh, everything is about being reflective, understanding how you feel and looking for support within a friendship group. I mean, there, there, there won't be any woman whose children have left home that won't have experienced some of the same emotions as you have and i think it's always important if if possible to reach out and try and and again it's the same mental health kind of strategies around exercise and you know um using your mental health strategies i guess exercise good diet plenty of sleep um because of course a lot of this time in your life can also coincide with other midlife things like menopause, um, maybe moving towards retirement. All of those kind of things can, can be a part of this stage of our lives. So it's important to recognize, uh, are the feelings primarily around that? Or am I, am I, was I feeling a bit low already? Is there stuff going on other to that um, in my life? So I guess it's important to, to just reflect and look for support. That's, that's really what's important, whether that's therapy or whether that's other women or whether that's a partner, if you have an understanding partner, but certainly acknowledging the feelings, acknowledging that these are real feelings and it is real. It is real grief. It is real grief. It is real loneliness. And how do I, how do I learn how to manage that? And if you do therapy and you take care of yourself, do you get over it? Like how long does it take? And can you get back excited again? And is there genuinely a new exciting chapter? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I just feel, you know, obviously I'm an advocate for therapy, um, but I feel that therapy allows a person to actually start to look at who am I in the world without all of this? Who was I before this partner, before this, these children, before this job, before this way of identifying myself? Like, who am I? And what are the things that make me happy? What are the things that used to make me happy? What are the things that interest me as an individual in the world? I mean, we come into the world alone, we die alone. We surround ourselves with people and things and to kind of busy ourselves away from the reality of self-reflection. Um, and that's what I feel therapy gives people is space. It gives them an hour to sit back and leave their family. And I always do this with clients. Leave your family outside the door. 
So we come in, we're typically talking about everybody in our lives that's affecting us. But if I put them all outside the door and close the door and I'm left with myself, who am I? And I think it's a really good way of getting to know yourself better, getting to, to kind of come to terms with who am I in the world, separate to all these roles that I've taken on. What do these roles mean to me? Um, they fulfilled a purpose. Can I change my idea of myself in these roles? Can I change my feeling about what identifies me in the world and to myself? You know, when we retire, when our partner dies or leaves, when our uh, children aren't available to us, you know, who, who am I then? And, and I don't mean that in a threatening or a scary way. I actually find that very exciting. Yeah. Like, it, it, I think it's a really exciting journey for people to go on. Um, I feel it really can really revitalize people. Um, at, we're, we're ever evolving, we're ever changing. And circumstances in our lives will, will kind of facilitate that for us as well. So who am I, who am I separately? You know, am I good with myself? I love that so much. It's like, you know, you put in the work, put in yeah, the work. And absolutely. And even better next chapter. Absolutely. And I think that, that we have this kind of feeling that we get to a certain stage of our lives and that's it. Sit back now. Everything is done. Wait for the grandchildren to visit and wait for people, you know, and kind of take on this matriarchal role of, you know, I sit back and wait for the world to come to me. And I just feel like, you know, even in terms of what you encourage us to do, all of the adventure, the quests, the things that you can see even on the WhatsApp group that get people very excited. Um, it's like, wow, I never thought I could do this. I never thought this would be a part of me, um, separate to my family, to my job. You know, we're just a group of people who are challenging ourselves and trying to trying to challenge ourselves every day that we do a workout. And I think these things are really important for us. There's no end to what we can do. You know, my mother is 83. She's still doing yoga. She's still um, you, yeah, playing the ukulele, uh, going dancing. I think, you know, there's no end to what we can do and achieve in different stages of our lives. And it can be very exciting. Trisha, thanks so much. That was absolutely deadly. Girls, what questions do you have? Q&A time for the last couple of minutes. So just unmute yourself there if you have a question for Trisha about anything. Marie. No questions today? Um, well, not so much a question, but just an observation, Trisha. I'd say the the point you made, and we've already had one daughter leave home, and the second one is is on the way, and yeah. we still have one. The the poor one who's left is <laughs> she's feeling like oh my god, took two parents' attention all the time. Absolutely, I don't know how to be able to cope with it. But um, I definitely learned something in terms of the eldest because around um, you know her her set of expectations around when we'd connect and you know when she'd call or whatever and maybe our set of expectations and particularly my husband's actually they were completely misaligned like completely so i i do think it's actually worth having a conversation so okay we'll speak once a week you know and, and it's not even that it's or you know if we text you can you please get back to us you know within a certain period of time or whatever 
because I mean, there's been a few occasions when we honestly had her dead and buried like several yeah. times over, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that is heart stopping. Absolutely heart stopping. Yeah. Um, because you know, you, you hear all these terrible stories and unfortunately, you know, they're real. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I definitely, I wish I had that conversation. You know, I'll be doing it with the second one. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, yeah yeah you live it you live and learn don't you yeah. you live and yeah. learn it doesn't yeah. mean i still don't text my son i am going to keep texting you until you respond <laughs> yeah and all you That's need to be you alive at yes. home you know yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah for for a generation who literally have the bone surgically attached to their hand <laughs> you've said it how said can it. you not respond like it just drives me cracked but, anyway. yeah. but apparently a lot of them have a particular ringtone for mum, uh, which oh, signifies that they don't actually answer. <laughs> Let's check that. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. I just want to say I haven't had two of them have flown the nest and one is coming back for a couple of months. But anyway, it like it was so different when it came to the texting and that like my son will text back immediately. Right. And whereas my daughter doesn't text back so now I, I I learned as I went on that I'd be more worried about him not texting back because he always does it whereas with her I, I'm not called from her as I said yesterday it was like they getting the royal phone call you know whereas he it would be very they're, they're very different but he would and I kind of got to know that eventually instead of as you say having them dead and buried I've been there um, but with like with her, if she doesn't text back, I know she's not because she she never does it. Whereas if he doesn't text back, because he always does it, I'm worried. <laughs> Do you yeah. know. But anyway, that, that, that's just my ten pen. Well, I have an, a daughter in 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 Australia for the last uh, ten years, but now. Uh, my son is is going to be going to Germany, and I'm happy for him. And I know it's what he needs, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to cope and do it all again. But because there was such a gap in the two and that son, but I'm really. I try and get keep going on the first of August. So I have to be strong. And and I know, and like that, I'm used to them being abroad, you know, because she, she, she's only after having a child. And of course, I help and all that. I haven't been able to travel. travel. So, you know, it's, and then, but, it is great, but being landed with it again has has kind of kind of stomach me now at the moment. So I I I definitely have to try and uh, like it's what he definitely needs. And you see, the worst was always he was always here. He was always he was always in the house, <laughs> and that's why he really needs to get out of the house. But um, you know, it's just, it's just it's at the moment I'm I'm kind of having uh, often challenges, but 
I know I had to, because I had to do it for her and sure, it broke my heart. Because to two sons and a daughter I have, and it was her that had to go first, you know, and half me was dead when she went, you know, and the distance and everything. But it's the, it was the making of her, it, you know, she was great for it, and thank God she's happy, you know, but it, it's, it's so tough. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I totally get you, Rita. My daughter's in New Zealand and uh, there's a, an eight-year age gap between my kids and uh, my son is still at home, but he, he, I know he will go too. Um, and I, <clears throat> I definitely... pull, push between wanting the best for them and wanting them to live their best life, but yeah. the heartbreak of it. Absolutely. And, and thanks to you, I am going to the counselling. And it is, and you're right. I, I definitely uh, need to, you know what I mean? And uh, she's great. I, you know, we're really able to get on with one another, and she's, she's remarkable, you know. So Great. I'm delighted, Rita. You'd get on with anybody. Yeah, no. You'd get on. I'm so comfortable with her, and, and, and all that. And, and and that's what you know and it's just it, you know when I, I, I this is my first absolutely. time speaking I was absolutely going out like you know absolutely and, yeah and, and she is helping me too and all that you know but it's just you know I don't know why now I got so upset but anyway there's my apologies but no, it's good. Like I say, Brita, it's so good to acknowledge the feelings. The feelings are there. Yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah. It is very upsetting. Yeah. And you have to allow the feelings to be. It's, it's a really difficult thing. It's a really tough thing. Yeah. Um, and it's all credit to you for, for being able to let them go. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it easier. No, it doesn't. No. 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 Thanks a million, Tricia. Thanks, Rita. Thanks so much, Tricia. That was really, really insightful. Um, uh, are you are you comfortable to call out the website and, and phone number if people want to contact you? Is that okay? Great. So if you want to get in touch with Tricia, you can go to mindandbodyworks.com or else her um, number is 091-725-750. Um, Tricia, and I just want to say, Jess, just to reiterate, like I do every time that we're on the um, Annie phone call to me. Uh, I don't see clients personally myself anymore. I refer people to other people. It is totally confidential. Um, it's totally confidential between you and me on the phone. And then I refer you to somebody else. So if anybody is looking for counselling for themselves or anybody in their family. So just to let you know, it's completely confidential. Yes, it is completely confidential because no one else knew. And thanks yeah. again, Trish. Not at all. Thank you, Rita. Thanks a million. Trisha, thank you so much again for such a deadly talk, such a lovely coffee morning. And girls, all my big love to you. Have a lovely weekend. All my love, girls. Bye. Thank you and bye. Bye.